the 10pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 Pence Arcade Podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. This is Sean Holly, aka In Your Face, Sean Holly, and you are, sir. I am Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. We have tumble dryers set to stun. This is the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, where we load our arcade opinions, rocks, and some clean linen into a tumble dryer and record the noise for our listeners. We hope you like it. <laughs> okay, let's get into our normal normal stride. What have you been up to, bloke? Well, as usual, I've been to the arcade club again, um, doing lots of gaming. Um, I've, I was playing a really good game there last night, and I think we should do it as the featured game next time. Oh, we'll yeah. speak about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I've been doing lots of Toa Plan research for our Toa Plan special, which at this rate is going to be Christmas 2017. Well, well done, that man. I've got that far into it. I, I need to back out a bit, I think. Yeah. I, um, I was talking to someone the other day, uh, we'll mention later on, um, he he's been doing a bit of Terraplan research as well, and he's got some information for you. Oh, uh, so I'll that? get him, uh, Roger. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get him on to you about that. I think he's going to contact you about that. He's got some infer- interesting information about it because the Terraplan thing is quite convoluted. Uh, I know there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on there, a lot of people moving from other companies and, and blah blah blah. So yeah, I'll get him to give you a ring about that. Give him give him a shout about that. Right. I've um, also been playing some uh, Truxton. Truxton, great. The, ori- the original Truxton, I'm getting mm-hmm. well into that. That's Tetsujin. Yeah, better name in Japanese, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Truxton sounds like a, um, a racing track for big trucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, been catching, I've been catching up on some arcade-related movies. Uh, there's a few I've been uh, li- watching, I was going to say listening to. Chasing Ghosts, which is a good one. I've seen that one, yeah, it's brilliant. High score, which is the Missile Command story. The guy that uh, was trying to get the Missile Command record and he didn't know that the game had a fault and it wasn't his board. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that poor bloke, I felt quite sorry for him because he's trying and trying. He's spending, he's staying up all night and the poor guy keeps, he's sort of getting to a couple of million and it goes, ping, reset. He's like, oh, for God's sake. You think, oh, you poor man. He's been on that for ages. <laughs> yeah, it's good, that one. And the best of all, I've been playing some Videmption games. Oh, why? Do you like tickets? I went to Blackpool and I saw this Harpoon Lagoon, it's called, and it's like a massive, it's a massive cocktail kind of table thing. You look down on it, it's 47-inch LCD screen. Look at the size of your LCD. Yeah, and you've got like a, a little um, spinner where you aim a harpoon and you shoot from your edge of the screen into the screen shooting fish. Yep. So I thought I was doing pretty well. I got five tickets. Five? Five, yeah. Is that enough for a can of beans? Uh, no, they've still got my name on it, them beans. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched that um, Harpoon Lagoon. You know, we talked about it last uh, last time we, we talked. And um, I had a look at it. It looks quite good. It looks something like Puzzle Bubble, but with fish. Yeah, it could be. It does look that. quite fun, actually. I mean, the kiddies were loving it. I, I wouldn't care about the the tickets flying out of it or whatever. I just have a go for fun. It does. It does look quite fun. And when I'm up near a seaside town, I'll have a go on that. 
Well, I got five tickets. I thought I'll leave them in the machine for some kid to pick up. Little girl next to me, sixty-two tickets. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'm going. I'll yeah, leave. I'm that. leaving. <laughs> did, did you uh, push her out of the way as you went past? <laughs> Give me them tickets. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, mate? Me, I've been doing all sorts actually. Yeah, I've been, I've been as as you. I've been watching a few um, arcade and and video game related sort of TV shows and and films and that sort of. Watching um, Once Upon Atari, which is by uh, Scott Howard Warshaw, who was an Atari programmer back in the day. And I think he does a bit of filming and TV production now. Yeah. And it's all about. I think it's all about the twenty six hundred programmers. I've only watched the first one so far, but it's quite interesting seeing all these sort of old old programmers talking about how how cool and groovy it was working at Atari and all the yeah. sort of naughty stuff that went on there and things like that. It was quite interesting. But they all seem quite real characters. These people they were the mad people <laughs> of, of the era. I think. Yeah. So hopefully they're going to do a bit of arcade as well because there was a, there was a sort of split. There was. The home gaming side, and then there's the arcade side, the sort of more engineering side. But hopefully they're going to do some arcade as well. I don't know. I have to watch it. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff we need to watch. We've sort of downloaded and such. I've also been reading that book from Chris Federico. Book cast, I think he called it. I'm sort of about three quarters of the way through it. It's very good. Good, interesting read. Quite fun as well. The writing mm. in it's quite funny. Uh, oh, biggest thing i got, actually, been repairing me dig dug for this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll probably talk about that on the old uh, pickups, actually, because I did pick up something for it. But yeah, mm. I've been really, I've been playing that a lot again. I sort of go in the garage and go, I'll just quickly do something to death race. You know, I'll fix this or have a look at that or, or I'll do a bit of repairs here. No, but dig dug on, play that instead. <laughs> As usual. It's sort of uh, taken its place from Cosmic Alien now, which um, I've got some news on that as well. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing some games, doing some rubbishy DIY around the house, just finishing it off now. So hopefully. I can get back into the garage now and start doing some more death rows. I've been doing a bit, which we'll get onto as well, and I'll show you some pictures. I'll show you some things online in a minute. Yeah, so I've made made some bits for that. Uh, I've also got to do some engraved boilerplates uh, for Silver Fox. I'll make Silver mm-hmm. Fox uh, for a Mrs. Pac-Man scratch build he's made, uh, and a control panel cover for Rogers control panel for a um, a candy cab. And it used to have a card reader in it because I think in in Japan and you know where these machines were prevalent, they used to have card readers so you can save your game information and all that sort of stuff on it for yeah. modern games. And I've seen them. We yeah. don't really use them over here. So whenever someone gets a panel, and this is quite a rare panel to find because it's a single player one. They're nearly always double player ones, and it's yeah. got this silly big card reader on it. So you taking the card reader and it's left sort of about a four inch by three inch gap, uh, and he wants it covered over. So I'm making a little sort of cover plate for it and make it nice and neat so you can't see any scrolls in the bottom and stuff. So yeah, a few Very few nice. little arcade jobs to be done. Uh, yeah, that's mm. about it though, really. I think. Oh, I've also got ah, I was I was tidying up the games room the other day because it's quite messy in here, and um, I I looked at some magazines, and there's one from an old retro magazine. I've actually bookmarked a few things. For you. There's a lot about shooters in it. I'm about yeah. to send you the book up actually. Right. Yeah, we've also got a little thing planned in April, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, my wife has got to go to a a. a to a conference for her her work in April, and it's in Manchester, which is not that far from you. Um, we're going to go up for the sort of uh, Sunday, I think we've gone on Saturday, uh, Sunday and Monday, we'll come back Monday evening. And so on the Saturday, we're sort of going to have a mooch around Manchester, because I haven't really looked around Manchester before, and it seems quite a nice place. And then when she goes off to do her thing later on, I'm going to Arcade Club with yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully the next day, if we're not too worse for wear, I won't be because I'll be driving back. 
uh, we should do the podcast on the Sunday. So whatever mm. weekend that falls on, there might be an extra one in the thing. We'll just talk about Arcade Club. And also, yeah. we can hopefully hit the Batcave as well if we can, can't we? Yes, yeah, that'll be good. That'll um, be awesome, yeah, brilliant. When will that be? Uh, we'll have a look. We'll sort the dates anyway. Yes. We'll sort the dates sort of, out. Uh, yeah. Halfway through April, I think it is anyway. Okay. Uh, tell you what, let's do some arcade news from around the world and local areas. Right, first off, we have a new event called 8 Bit Flip. 8 Bit Flip. 4th to 5th of April in Northwich, uh, Cheshire Way. Yeah, so three hours for me, so that might be a goer for me. Yeah, it's only about an hour for me, so it's more good news for us Northern Monkeys. Hey up, lad. Hey up. Yeah, and they've got, um, it's looking really good. There's pro- probably around about 100 machines going to be there. Whoa, no way. It's a joint venture between Arcade Club and Northern Lights Pinball. Oh, that'd be brilliant. That's really good. Yeah, so it's at Lost Stock Sports and Social Club, Works Lane, Northwich. And uh, the tickets are now available online. Buy loads of them, kids. Yes, I should put I should put links in for that. Yeah, yeah, that does seem really tempting for me. And I'm, I mean, it's three hours, not that far, is it? Mm. Yeah. No, it's not maybe. too bad. Maybe not too bad. See if I can get a weekend pass. Also, Arcade Club is relocating to a bigger venue, which is the New Frontier venue. Um, they're talking about early March, roughly, okay. when it's going to happen. So the the smaller place is going to have all the pinballs and candies ripped out of it and put into the bigger place oh brilliant with the rest of the machines so there's going to be loads to play yep we've been to the new frontier before and it is awesome yes it is very good i can't wait so yep. hopefully when i come up it'll be done oh I, I would i would better. think it, yeah beginning better oh that's brilliant i can't wait for that now it's even better. yeah more games same price uh, they're looking at a membership scheme some mm-hmm. kind of you know um discount thing if you go every week like me and try and get your sleeping bag in there and hide under the uh the pinballs uh i think they should give some uh special rates for podcasters yeah yeah an absolute massive discount after all these plugs yeah i think so it, d- it deserves <laughs> the plugs it is that brilliant honestly yeah it's brilliant yeah uh, uh, you've seen it afterburner 2 on 3ds yeah in the news yeah this is just uh caught my eye because if you think of, it's the original Afterburner, if one game was built for a 3D screen, absolutely, it's Afterburner and Space Area type of thing, isn't it? Yeah, with those scaling effects they did back in the day. Yeah, so if you, if you can... Have, well, you can't look at it on YouTube, but if you can get a 3DS and download that, yes. I would think it's very, very good. I think it would be. I haven't got a 3DS. I just dug out my, um, my DS the other day. I haven't seen it for yeah. a while, and I was playing a few games, and it was still charged. They're brilliant little machines. I really like those. Yeah, yeah good for, for the arcade stuff. My son had a original DS. Yes, that's what mine is. Mine is, uh, and he's dropped it, uh, spilt food on it, put it in the tumble dryer, <laughs> and it is still working. The actual, what do you call it? The hinges are broken, and oh, it yeah. still works. Wow! When when he put it in the tumble dryer, did he put it in with our opinions and some rocks? I think he did. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know why until now, but he did. Yeah. Now listen, listeners, if you want to know what the heck I'm on about with the tumble dryer, listen to the Intellivisionary's podcast. It's a very good podcast, very long, uh, and if you want to know exactly what that bit is about, it's about 18 minutes in, and I, <laughs> I, I just cracked up laughing when I heard it. It was brilliant. So go listen to those guys. Our little friend Alex yes. has got his, his Battle Shark, which is one of those big uh, EM Nintendo machines, obviously, with him, 
But he had two of them, and he didn't realise until now, one of them's got Skyhawk in it, which is a slightly different game. It's One's a sea-based thing, and one's an air-based thing. So he's actually got both games that came in those two different cabinets, and he's got them back to his mate's place, because his place isn't big enough. Uh, I might have to go and have a look at those, you know. I'm quite interested to see what they're like. But he's got a lot of restoration to do. He's got to clean the films in them, because they've got, like, um, 60mm film. He's got a load of work to do to them. So, yeah, he's got a lot ahead of him, but they do look good. Yes, yeah, a massive restoration project, that, isn't it? Yeah, he didn't realise he had one of each as well, so he's yeah. really, really lucked out there. There's not yeah. many of these available. I've never seen one before. So, uh, yeah, he's got two lucky toad. They look like they weigh about two and a half tonne from the pictures. Yeah, they are steel. I don't know how heavy they yeah. are, but they're pretty big. Um, another link I found on YouTube is Outrun, running on a Force Dynamics 401CR, which is a big hydraulic thing. Yes. I wonder what it was, and I had a look on the link, and it, it looks a lot of fun. It's like this big seat someone sits, this guy's sat in. It's got a huge TV attached to it, like a 40-inch LCD. And he's playing uh, like a new version of Outrun. And it looks very, very fast. I'm not sure if they've done an HD remix on it or whatever, but it it does look really quick. And as he's moving the steering wheel and they're going up and down hills, the hydraulics are moving while he's moving in it. Yeah. And it looks a lot of it. spins. I think it spins around 360 as well. So it's actually changing direction. As he's changing direction in the car... You know, he's not just pointing the same place and it's moving left and right like an, an Outrun Deluxe, but he's actually shifting the whole thing round, and it looks really fast and it looks like it really jits you around as well. It looks a lot of fun. A bit of motion sickness I think you get from that. I'd like to see that at one of the shows, you know, if they could bring that. I'm not sure if it's in America or, or Europe or wherever. I don't know where it's, where it's based, but yeah, if someone could bring that, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd like to have a go on that. Um, there's a new book released, Hardcore Gaming 101. That's a website, a very good website. Yeah. Uh, has released the unofficial guide to Konami shooters. Oh, yes. That so that'll be full of chunky goodness, that will. so. Is it going back to the old stuff? We've got Time Pilot and stuff like that in there. I would imagine. <gasps> I would imagine so. Ooh, might have to buy that. Might have to buy that. Mm, so that's one to check out. I'll put a link into the Amazon click, clicky bit. Clicky bit. A clicky bit. Yeah. Yeah, go on our website. Look at the clicky bits. They're quite fun. Yeah, another a good thing that's, well, I think it's quite funny, really. Pokemon is going to be in a one-on-one fighter with in a Tekken style. That's a bit unfair. How can Pikachu have a fight with one of those big dudes from Tekken? I know. There's a, there's a man with a lion head. No, not Tekken. It's in a Tekken style. Oh, I so, see. So they use all the f- same fighting mechanics, I would imagine. They all, they all look the same to me. But they're okay. going to call it Pokken. That's pretty good, isn't it? Pokemon and Tekken. Pokemon. I like a pun. I like a pun. Yeah, it's worth oh, a game, oh, Here's one. I had to click on this link you gave me. The Bud Light Pac-Man commercial. I think they have the big Super Bowl in America, that thing where they handle balls. Yeah. I don't know. And um, it's, it's a big thing for advertising, because obviously everyone in America watches the Super Bowl. Every single man, woman, child watching the Super Bowl. And when the adverts come on, the you know sponsorship, they cost a fortune. So... Bud, obviously, with people who are drinking Budweiser when they're watching it, I've done this one where they sort of this guy comes into the the bar and I think he wants to play Pac-Man or something. So, oh, go out here, and they lead him outside. And there's a life-sized maze where he's running around, and yeah. the ghosts are chasing him round. It does look a lot of fun. There's some live DJs doing the music and everything. It looks a lot of fun. It's really it does good. look good. That yeah, they should put, they should um, charge people to have a go on that. I'd have a go on that running around. It'd be brilliant. I know, yeah, collecting the dots and stuff. Yeah. Because as he's running over the, the lights on the floor, it's making the noise that the power pills making you eat them. Mm. And they're, t- they're turning themselves off as, as he walks over them. It's, mm. it's brilliant. I really like it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Zbound 2002 is a, a user on the Jammer Plus forums. And he's, he's put a big guide how to put um, custom games 
onto Megatech hardware. A Megatech hardware is a bit like a PlayChoice 10 that Nintendo released. It, um, it was a PCB inside a machine, yeah. and you could put different cartridges in it. And basically, they were Mega Drive and um, Master System games that you could play on the arcade. And in the machine, there was always like a little tiny 10-inch monitor at the top where you had um, a menu system. You could choose a game with the buttons on the, on the machine. So you could play different games. I think you, you put the money in for you you paid for a certain amount of minutes to play the game so you didn't just die and then you lost your money you could actually play for five minutes or whatever three minutes how much money you put in and because it was mega drive hardware on the megatech you can actually play some mega drive games on it and he's got a big guide on there how to do it you've got to have a an eprom um burning software and i think you've got to use some other software and that but and you i think you've got to you've got to take some chips out of an original donor cartridge and solder in sockets which isn't too difficult if you know how to solder and desolder. And it's not that... I, I could actually do it, but I haven't got any Megatech hardware. But yeah, you can put games on there that were never in the arcade. So you can put some really cool Mega Drive games on there. are a lot of good mm-hmm. Mega Drive yeah. games, especially ones that should have been in the arcade, like we say. Yeah. yeah, there's a good guide to that. I've put a link in the show notes for that so people can have a look if they've got Megatech hardware and want to put some custom games on. I know um, Nintendo did the PlayChoice 10, yes. didn't they, with the NES games, but I read recently that there was a SNES version. Yes, there is. See, I didn't know that. What, I don't think I ever saw one. Yeah, there, there was a machine. Uh, oh, what was it called? It was an actual Super Nintendo machine. It didn't look a very nice machine. And on the actual control panel, it looked like they'd had some big SNES controllers and they glued them on. Right. And it, it looks oh, awful. God. But, I mean, yeah, you did have SNES. And I think Alex picked up a PCB a little while ago when he did a little raid. I think yeah. he sold it on because he wasn't that interested in it. But yeah, you could actually... I think you can do the same thing with PlayChoice 10 and this SNES one as well. You can actually draft original NES games onto it. But you've got to you know, re-solder chips and all this sort of stuff and blow EPROMs and that sort of thing. But yeah, because it's the yeah. same hardware, essentially. You can put the software on there as well. All right. Um, along the same lines, uh, the Arcade Collector's website, which is uh, Ben Purity, yeah. he's done a list of Red Tent games okay, uh, with the screens and the players and if it needs a door to board or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine to, for people collectors, that is a very interesting list. So if we put a link to that. I have, yeah. Alex is quite interested in this one because when I was talking to him last time and I had to go on his Red Tent, he wanted to put another load of games in there because he wasn't that keen on tennis. It's quite fun to play. It's a nice four-player game, but there's some better games that he could play on there. Like yes. balloon fight and stuff like that. And he wanted to know how to do them. I'll probably have to burn him some ROMs before long because I've got some equipment to do that. But certain games work on certain hardware with certain PPUs. So you have to have you know, a stack of bits and bobs to get it to run. But yeah, it's not that difficult to do, actually. And you can put quite a few games on there as well. Yeah, looking down the list, there's not, not that many that use both screens simultaneously, really. You've got Versus Baseball. You've got uh, Balloon Fight, Wrecking Crew, Ice Climber. Oh, yeah. And a few others like that. Yeah, not that many. They are good ones, though. Mm. They are good ones. Um, it is a good one. It's not exactly arcade-related, but it's so good, I had to, I had to look at it. Um, someone's done a Dalek version of Berserk on the Atari 2600. Yes, it does look a lot of fun. Uh, it does look good. Berserk is so good on the 2600 it anyway. Is. It really is. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the Atari 2600, but it's obviously got its place in, in video game history. But some versions of the games are really playable. I mean, Asteroids yeah. is brilliant on there. Berserk's really good. And there's a couple of others as well. But yeah, it's, it's quite fun how they've changed the graphics around to have uh, Daleks chasing you around. And it actually says exterminate between each level. They've actually got it to say it with sound hardware as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good, that. Yeah. Well, I, I could actually play that because 
Silver Fox, one of our listeners, our mates, has actually made some um, uh, 2,600 cartridges which you can put EPROMs on so you can burn your own games from ROMs and play them on actual hardware. And you can actually play that one on there. And there's a couple of other games on the 2,600 homebrew ones I'm very interested in playing because some of the homebrew ones are excellent. They're better than the original games back in the day. And there's quite a few I wouldn't mind that playing. And I've got a 2600 Junior upstairs somewhere, so I might have to get on to him about that and try and put some of these games on there. Mm. There is a Super Warehouse gaming party, London, uh, on January 31st. That's today, isn't it? Yesterday. We just missed it, yeah. Oh, darn it. I might have gone to that, because that's in London. It's, uh, I can't remember where it is. I put a link in the show notes, but they've got all sorts going on there. Music and uh, video games and consoles and all that sort of stuff. But hopefully they'll have some more, especially in London. Good for me. Yeah, have a look out on the uh, link and see if they put any photos up. Yes. You need some more stuff down there, don't you, really? We do, since we haven't got the uh, the two shows we normally have down here this, this, this mm. year. Which is a shame. Yeah. Um, I've been over to America again. Oh, yeah, you've been on your travels, yeah. Yeah, been to America. Oh, you lying get. And there's a new video game arcade called Otaku Cafe, so with yes. a Japanese theme. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of candies in there. It's only, it's only just opened. Yep. Um, there's ooh, uh, anime. It's got a strong Japanese theme, so that looks really good. So I was going to go in, but um, I saw a, a big burger shop, so I had a massive burger and then got the flight home instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought you would. Yeah. That is actually in San Antonio, Texas. And Texas, I that's it. Feeling yeah. That's where Aaron Hickman... Diagamblic from the uh, Retro Obscura podcast live. So I expect he'd be going along there. He can give us a little uh, review of it. Oh. And after, after I went there, I just nipped up the road to somewhere called California. Yeah. That, that's, that's in America, isn't it? That is in America. America. Yeah, and they have a new arcade. This one looks just up Another my street. Another one? Oh, they're so... Oh, I hate it. Neon Retro Arcade in everything. Pasadena. And um, Alex would like this because the sort of promo video they've done, there's like five Nintendo cabs pristine behind the people talking. Mm -hmm. And that's open uh, last Friday. We're recording on the 1st of Feb, so it must have opened 30th of January. Um, What interested me, they charge $10 per hour. Obama pounds, yeah. Mm, So That's quite a lot, isn't it? Most places it's $10 for as long as you like. You don't know where it, it might be a quite an affluent area or... But Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And we've got a, another one in London. Oh, oh, go on. Which is kind of arcadey. I'm all ears. It's called Novelty Automation yeah. um, that is opening on the 11th of Feb. And it's homemade, coin-operated machines, homemade EM machines. Oh, right. Okay. They do have... Um, a pong fitted up to two bicycles <laughs> so you okay. pedal to move the paddles oh right that'd be a better name that pedal paddle pedal paddle yeah, not, that's not pretty... tron on a bike pong on a bike pong on a bike tron on a bike have you ever tried playing that oh god that'd be impossible i'm gonna have a go uh, yeah so that looks really good yeah uh, that sounds pretty i'll have, have a look at me so I, I think you put that one in lakes i haven't seen that one i have to look myself yeah, yeah. near me i'm gonna have to look at that uh, Retro Russ, it's on the forums we, we visit, has been doing a nice job of his uh, ongoing restoration of a rare two-player Sega Hot Rod, which he got from a barn raid in Wales a while back. And he's mm-hmm. spoiling everyone by showing them pictures. I don't do that. Uh, yeah, but a two-player um, Hot Rod is very rare. You, you see the four-player one now and again. When you look down on we all stand around it. 
Yeah. But a two-player one, yeah. It's uh, quite rare, that one. Uh, Quinn Dunkey of Blondie Hacks fame. Yes. Who's a podcaster as well. Does a, um, an Apple II podcast with uh, Mike from the No Quarter podcast as well. Uh, did a really nice review on the No Quarter episode 119 on the Arcade Expo in Banning, California, which I really wanted to go to. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about that last show. Uh, she was saying that, unfortunately, a lot of the machines went down or had problems with the controls. You know, joystick wasn't working, button wasn't functioning, whatever. Uh, very, some of the games are very quiet and some weren't being coined up enough because they haven't got free plays and all this sort of stuff. But apart from these little teething problems, because it's their first show, remember, she said it was yeah. brilliant. And this is the one that had over 750 machines to play. Mm, and the world record for the pinball players. Yeah. 300 odd people, people playing pinball all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like to go to that one day. And it's going to be a year. I think it's going to be a yearly or a twice yearly event. But they've been really good about it. They've accepted everyone's um, input. Everyone loved it, but there was a few problems. There always will be. And hopefully they'll sort it out for the next time. Yeah, they'll learn from it and do a better event uh, in the future. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, the next one is going to be planned for October 2015. And that's a few weeks after I'll be going to the CGE in Vegas in September. Oh. Why couldn't they have it just slightly together and I could have gone to both? But yeah, because they're not that far away either. I might uh, pop over and have a look if I yeah, in, why, in my lunch break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a good review of this and tons of photos we've put on the, on the uh, podcast show notes as well. Right, let's get down to pickups. Yes. So I've picked up a few games, uh, not really arcade. Well, one's okay, really. I've got Midway Classics for the PS3. It was only cheap on eBay, about six quid. Absolute yeah. bargain, some good games in there. Play really well as well, the original versions. I also got a sort of yeah, a slightly more modern game. It's almost 2D, a game called Puppeteer on the PS3, which is quite fun. I got halfway through it. And the best thing about it, wife can play it with me as well. Oh, that's good. So that's pretty good. Oh, this is a bit of a bummer. I missed out on an Atari Smoky Joe. You know the one we did for Art of Side Art last week? Or yes. two weeks ago? Uh, it's the single-player version of Firetruck, an old black-and-white game from Atari, and it's beautiful. Yeah. This one was for sale in France, which isn't that far away. It doesn't cost that much to get a game from France. It went for less than £100. Well, <laughs> Got on to the guy, because I think, uh, I think all... Alpha One on the UK Vax forum got onto me and said, "Oh, someone was selling one of those a little while ago on on in France on eBay." I said, "Well, can you get onto it?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll get onto him for you." No, sorry, it was sold, uh, and it didn't get sold on our, our forums either. I think it was sold uh. to someone else. So I was a bit of a oh, terrible that one. I've also bought, paid for another Cosmic Allen. You know our Cosmic Alien, my wall mount. Yeah, I'm buying an identical one. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to get in it because I'm sort of doing a deal with someone else who's getting another cab from wherever it's coming from in Europe. But it's going to come with this other guy's cab. So it might be sort of a month or so before I get it. But I'm hopefully going to put Cosmic Gorilla in. Try and source a Cosmic Gorilla board or a Cosmic Monsters, you know, the universal yeah. version of Space Invaders, or even Space Panic. We'll have to do something with a joystick for that. But yeah, I'm going to have two of them together. I'm going to put different games in. So I have two wall mounts next to each other. I have to make, build a nice big sturdy bench for them to sit them on. And I'll be getting that soon. That's quite nice. Oh, that sounds good. Well, I have got 10 pickups. Could I have an arcade ping, please, for 10 pickups? There you go. Thank you. Uh, the, that was the good news. The not-so-good news is they're all digital. They're, they're, I got 10 uh, game-related e-books oh, okay. from storybundle.com forward slash games. 
Okay, yeah. Which ones are they? Any good? Any good? I've forgotten. That's that's how much I've read them. You're brilliant. You are. You downloaded. There was one that was about um, the history of Sega games. I've so got that one. I've got that one. That's the one I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, all the rest, <laughs> I've forgotten. There's, there's some funny cartoon ones and that, so I'm going to get stuck into them. Do you know what? I got one of these. Oh, what? Where was I? I was in America when I got them. And I think I downloaded, like you said, I think it was five I got at the same time. Uh, and they're really good. One of them was the Atari uh, Business is Fun. Yeah. That's a very good book, especially if you're into Atari, the early days of Atari, all the ins and outs of the business deals with lots of stuff about the arcades and 2600 ins and outs of what was going on at Atari. So I was very, very interested in that book. And I got the Sega one as well and a few others I haven't delved into yet. But I should get onto those, actually. Mm. Uh, not really a pickup, but more of a makeup. I'll just show you a picture on our little webcam here of these. I've made these for the death race. Do you like those? Ooh, scary skull. Jeez, there's a picture on the website. It's a That's a steering wheel centre that's going to hold the steering wheels on in the centre of the steering wheels. It's like a big black piece of nylon I've turned with some nice rounded edges on and glued some skullingtons into the <laughs> middle. Skullingtons? Look at that. <laughs> so there's those. I also made, I think I mentioned these last time. I didn't show you a picture of them. This was the original, I might put a picture of these on our show notes, actually. That's the original cog, cog, which is the opto for the steering wheel. It goes over a light, so the the thing reads it from a light sensor. And these are the ones I've made out of aluminum, or aluminium for people who like to speak properly. So I've been making those for the death race. I haven't had much to do with the death race, actually. I've been too busy playing Dig Dug. Yeah, sorry. I'm not much sense to get it out, but I do need to get it out and do a lot of bondoing to it. You know, a lot of filling and sanding. But yeah, it's all it is coming on. I've not ignored it. I've been putting to the steering wheel uh, parts together and all that sort of stuff as well. The other great pickup I had was I did get actually eventually get hold of that monitor for the Dig Dug. Yes, it's it's it's, it's my newest monitor ever. It's only 1999. That's when it was manufactured. So it's only 16 years old. That's probably one of the, <laughs> the youngest monitors I've ever had, honestly. And yeah. I got it, uh, didn't realise whether it's going to work or not, because it's been sat in a garage for a long, long time. So I put it in my garage, left it there for a day, which is nice and warm, because my garage arcade is part of the house, so it stays warm quite well. And I, I plugged it in the back of the machine. I had to change a few wires around, because the plugs were slightly different, all this sort of stuff. Got it plugged in, thinking, oh, I don't even know if it's going to work, you know. It works a treat. I had to adjust it up. Got the picture absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, really oh, nice that's... picture. There's a little bit of burn on it. You can just see when the machine's off, but you can hardly see. When the machine's on, you do not see it at all. And the yeah. picture is immaculate, much better than the old one, which I, I broke to try and fix. And I got it all in there. I had to, where the chassis is, I had to remove the chassis. I had to take up the scary voltages and all this stuff, discharge it. And I had to put the chassis in the mounting frame for the Geo 7 monitor, which is the original one that went in there. And it's got to be on that frame because that's how the monitor fits into the machine physically. But the chassis on the Wells Gardener I got is actually smaller, so it wouldn't fit on the mounting points on the Geo 7 plate. So I had to sort of drill holes in it, put some standoffs in there. did a real nice job of it. It took me quite a while to do because I I didn't want it going wrong. I wanted it perfect. And you do not want anything grounding out a chassis when it's on. It needs to be away from the metal so it's not touching anything and it's lovely. And I put it all in there, put it all back together and I've been playing it like a dream. It's absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. Well worth the wait, I think. Well worth the wait. Good, good. Anything else? Um, that is my... I actually have more pickups than you this week. Oh, That's yeah, I suppose. That. Yeah, ten books. Can I have another arcade ping for that, please? Go on, then. Here you go. Listening? 
Yep. Well done. That was a good ping. Okay, let's get on to feedback, which we have quite a lot of. Right, first one. First off, Bobby Idod. He's our man on the Jammer forums. Uh, morning, chaps. Got another death race-related snippet for you. Yes. I just <laughs> lobbed this on an EEPROM to give it a bash in the ColecoVision. Remember he put it on the uh, Odyssey, too? The Philips video pack? Yeah, yeah. He said he thinks it's a work in progress, but it's very playable. It feels quite different to the Odyssey 2 version. He was having a go the other week, and the Gremlins seem to have a quick AI and manage to dodge your car right at the last second. Makes for a lower scoring but very sweary game, which we do like having a swear at some games, <laughs> uh, which is always a good sign if you ask me. The more a game makes you swear, the more it's grabbed you by the nads and dragged you into its world. Ooh. And to be honest with you, uh, the actual arcade version, what I remember it, because I've only played it oh, ages ago. I haven't played mine yet. The monsters who you're chasing do swerve at the very last minute, and you do, come here, you flipping thing, come here. And they do move quite quickly, and they, they sort of dodge you quite well. So, yeah, maybe it is a bit closer to the arcade version. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tronads yes. has given us some more feedback. Uh, do you know, it's very weird, this. We got quite a bit of feedback about the last podcast graphic. Yes. I'm not sure why, because it's just, it's all right. We haven't, we haven't been banned for anything, which is quite good, which I thought we might have done. Uh, the police come round the night. <laughs> okay, uh, what do you say yeah, about that? They've said, uh, sorry, Tronad said, not the police. Uh, that picture is indeed a tad disturbing. Yes. <laughs> Vic, the reference you have to having your hands on my joystick was in relation to you mentioning you fitted the joystick on ah. Ollie's Puckman cap. Yes. I'll which is now that. mine. Mm-hmm. And he's put, I'm looking forward to the next podcast with Big Doug as the featured game. Mm-hmm. It was his first ever upright right cab, and he remembers him and a mate going to get the cab down at his mam's cellar steps, which had an overhead, overhead gas pipe. Then he's put, I remember the top of the ca- cab clobbering said gas pipe, and Ooh. it was a miracle it never ruptured it. Oh I've no idea what happened to that cab, no recollection whatsoever uh, what I did with it, who I sold it to, or anything weird he's put. Wow. I have them blanks in my memory a lot. Having a Dig Dug as your first cab is a real treat. I wish I'd had a Dig Dug as my first cabinet. Mm. How can he just forget about it? Troy, yeah. what's wrong with you? Right. Uh, Silver Fox 0786, great podcast again. Pick looks weirdly awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought of it. That's what I was going for, weirdly You should see the awesome. new one. The new one is brilliant. For this. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's really good, mate. Hooray, banana. This is Eric. This has become my Thursday morning work colleague. Okay. That picture reminds me of Zoidberg from Futurama. Sorry, Sean. Maybe a daft question, but why is it called Game of the Week? Because it's... He's got a point there. It's now now going to be called Featured Game. Featured Game Review that is not weekly in brackets. That's that's not as snappy as just Featured Featured Game, game. is it? We'll go with your one. Okay. Uh, Benson Rad. Yes, our Ben. I have still not found a version of MAME that will work on my laptop. It keeps saying it's missing DLLs or something. Dynamic link libraries. Mm. (laughs) I really wanted to have a bash on Black Hole ready for this, this last podcast. Listen to it on the way home tonight. Another great one, folks. Shame Vic was not sold on Black Hole. Admittedly, I played most of it on the Game Boy before getting the PCB. The Game Boy version has some differences looking at it now. You can earn various power-ups and save them for use in the game, upgrade the ship, go faster, etc. That would have made it a better game, wouldn't it, I think? Yeah, the Game Boy did have um, some extras. I I remember uh, the Retro Obscura guys going on about um, 
uh, a game of lock and chase on the Game Boy. And it's yeah. it's the same sort of bit as you start, but then you progress onto different levels and you go through different levels and it's got more to it. It's the same mm. as what they did with Donkey Kong on the yeah, uh, yeah. on the Game Boy. You did the first four levels as in the arcade, then you, there was about another ninety odd levels to it, which That's is more sort of a, a puzzly type thing as well, which is really good. Yeah, it's put. You also had to shoot a set amount of blocks to qualify for the end of the game, which meant you had to create large, large shapes and think more outside the box, as it were. Ah, uh, okay. Any additional blocks shot were bonuses, so it forced you to move fast and create as many points as possible. Looking at the videos on MAME, the arcade appears not to have any of that. No, no, it's quite more of a cut-down version of the arcade, which is a bit weird. That's why I didn't think it was that brilliant. It was sort of a bit dull to me. If you had mm. all these um, extras, it'd be quite good, maybe. I did get well into it. Yeah, I did. I did yeah, actually did. like you that. Liked it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the shooting element, like he said last time, like Ben said. You love to shoot stuff. Shooting stuff. It's great. He's put, still not played my PS2 version as I don't have any console to play imports. Ah, uh, that sound effect that Sean is doing for the mis- for the history, this this uh, month in history, you know, yes. blub, 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 blub. I know that one. It's the flashback from Wayne's World, isn't it? Is it? I can't remember. I haven't seen Wayne's World for a long, long time. I haven't. Get yourself a sample. I think that's his polite way of saying. Stop, <laughs> stop doing your rubbish samples. Stop doing that stupid noise, man. <laughs> we might have Looking to find f- a sample for you. Yeah. Looking forward to the next one already. Cheers. Oh, and then he's put, P.S., one thing I've just remembered to mention, listening about the show notes, they are very good. However, when I go to the website, I don't like seeing the high scores at the bottom. That's why we put them at the bottom, silly. Yeah. So now I cover the screen with my hand when I click download. I can just imagine doing that. <laughs> uh, Alpha One, all Sean's naked pick scares me. Love the new <laughs> podcast. Going back a few podcasts ago, as I didn't get a chance to comment. So one of his comments and making games better. Remember we do we did that a little while ago. Yeah, he said he loves Lunar Rescue as we do. It's a brilliant game. However, he finds himself when he's going down and landing on the planet, trying not to move the ship or use the thruster. It would have been good if you could get a bonus for not manoeuvring. For example, timing, leaving the dock and going straight down, missing all the asteroids and getting a nice bonus. I actually, when I first had this game, I bought this PCB a long, long time ago. And I thought, oh, if I don't use any of the thruster fuel and you do the get, you do the sort of, you get the five men at the top, you would get a bonus. But you don't. I thought that would be you know, part of the game, but it never was. Yeah. And it should have been. He's got a point there. A real good point. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, a, a, get back up for a perfect dock. Or killing all the alien ships on the journey upwards, which I also thought, you know, if I kill all these lot, I might get a bonus. But all you do is just get a blank screen. That's it. Uh, I think you mentioned a fuel bonus as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would improve the game, really, that, yeah. I think so, yeah. Ridge Racer, one podcast ago, the launch title for the PS1 was amazing, but nowhere near as good looking as the arcade version, which is true. Namco, about a year or two before the PS1's end of life, released a demo disc with the original launch of Ridge Racer on it, providing a single lap of the course. It then allowed you to have another single lap of the course using all the things they'd learnt from the PS1 hardware during the course of the console. The resolution, the textures and the frame, the frame count were marked improvements and it really was arcade perfect, which is cool. Mm. The lack of occasional tearing that sometimes happened with the launch title was gone too, so they must have learnt a lot in its life doing that. Ah, his Universal Cosmic series. He says he loves these games, and he actually collects them. Uh, and he's got the following upright machines. He's got Cosmic Gorilla, which you can give me a PCB for then, because I want that. Uh, yeah. He's got a Cosmic <laughs> Alien. He's got Space Panic. He's got Zero Hour, Magical Spot, 
Galaxy War, which came from the Duke of Lancaster, the big boat. Uh, and he can't wait for the next podcast. So he's got a good selection of games there. And I'm going to be going to see him soon because mm. uh, he's getting a cab over from wherever that cab is. I can't remember where my Cosmic Jeff is. We're going to call him Cosmic Jeff. Yes. Uh, my my next Cosmic Alien machine. Uh, and he's going to be getting it over for me. So I have to go and pick it up. So I have to go down and see him and visit him. I might have a bit of a chat for him on the podcast. He's got loads of machines. Excellent. What's Magical Spot? What is that? Magical Spot is a bit of a weird shooting game, a little bit like Centipede. Oh, uh, have yeah. a look at it. It's quite fun. It's a real brightly coloured thing. I'm have to get into that myself. Yeah, I've, I've, I've early, even heard of that. I yeah. like the early Universal games. They're quite quirky. And um, got some feedback from Charlie Farr. Yeah. Uh, on the picture, he says, "I need to unsee that picture. <laughs> Once my, seen, never unseen." My eyes, my eyes. I'll never be able to look Sean in the eye again. I did. I've seen him recently, and I did apologise. I said I got a bit carried away. <laughs> I was just going to do me on a on a like a, a sunbed, sipping a cocktail, waving at you. Yeah. And then it got a bit more extreme and more extreme. And before I know it, I was all the clothes me- fell off. Laughing me socks off when I was drawing it. Yeah, I almost spat me drink out when I first saw that. <laughs> Felt quite ill, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Roger, Arkansas Simpson, enjoyed the latest podcast and good to get another mention. Also, Vic, can you get some pics uploaded of that Rubik's Cube picture that you uh, sunded? Yes. When it Roger sounds came round, cool and I would love to see it. He has seen it. When he came round to visit me with his control panel under his arm... He uh, he had a look at it and he loved it. So I did actually take a picture that day and I'll put that on the show notes as well for everyone to see. It's really good. Uh, Alex is put... <laughs> Never heard of him. I love Sean's picture. It reminds me of an end-of-level boss in a game called Cho Aniki. Uh, Choi Aniki. Oh, Yes, right. it's an old SNES game. It's um, It's got an 18-plus uh, rating, I think. It's very bizarre. I've just seen Very. it. Yeah, um, it's really... You look at the play, it's really bizarre. It's sort of a hero, homoerotic, half-naked men. And yes, it's, it is. And it, Alex, very kindly of him, compares me to some <laughs> end-of-level, ginger-bearded, naked 70s disco trucker. Yep, try saying that with a mouthful of eggs. Oh, no. So, um, um, uh, thanks, I think. I don't know. Don't anyway. Know. Uh, synonym 9, Hannes, yes. our man in Austria. Uh, he asks, was the drunken feedback heralded in by Universal's No Man's Land start melody? Yes, it was, Hannes. Uh, he should know this, because he's got the cocktail cab of it. Uh, thanks to me for the shout-outs uh, for your soldier in Austria. Soldier with a broken toe and a broken ankle. I hope he's getting better. Uh, he also said he squeezed in a small operator's raid in the healing process. The guy's mental. He's got broken feet. What's he doing? <laughs> uh, he says, now he has pain, but a killer instinct... Uh, a Zachariah Galaxia, which is for sale, and a Cyber Cycles Twin, which is a big cab. He says he doesn't weigh on the foot for at least two days, and he will keep it uh, for the next two days before he walk again. And he promises to stay at home until he gets rid of the cast. So, yes, <laughs> relax, man. <laughs> Otto the Mad and Evil, Dave Otto. Yep. Don't you think getting Sean to give me a kicking is a bit over the top, Victor? Great episode, nonetheless. Uh, it wasn't quite a kicking. It was a punch in the kneecap. And I think that's perfectly fine. And if he keeps up this nonsense, he'll be taken out at dawn and shot with a 12-bore Nerf gun. <laughs> I didn't actually see him. He didn't. It was snowing that day. It was going to come up. So oh, I yeah. didn't see him in the end. Uh, Davo, oh, great Davo. podcast guy. 
guys. Uh, not sure about the cartoon nude of Sean. <laughs> I'm never doing them again. I do apologise. Um, I did get very carried away, and I wasn't even drinking. Anyway, yes. uh, now the file size. We've reduced the file size, or you have to uh, a much more manageable download size. Mm-hmm. Which yep. he suggested. He did. Well done. Uh, I didn't realise, to be honest with you. Now we use... Well, now I've got a really fast uh, internet connection. I've got, like, Virgin Cable Broadband or whatever it is, 150 million megabytes a second or whatever. Uh, it doesn't take me two seconds up and download stuff, and I don't really realise that people haven't got as quite fast as internet as I have. So I've reduced it down to 64 kilobits, which doesn't really uh, reduce the quality of the podcast. That's our mm. job. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I download. I've made it a lot smaller for people to download, and I hope it's easier for everyone. Sorry about leaving them big in the past. I never noticed, to be honest with you. Mm. But yeah, Davo's idea. So thank him. Is is also mentioned eyes? It's a strange game in a weird Pac-Man style. I love uh, eyes. Really like yeah. eyes. Block hole, liking this in a kind of mashup between Tetris and a shooter. Yep. Quite fun. Never played it before. So big thanks to highlighting these games, as most of us would never have got to play them otherwise. Keep up the good work. We do try. We do try. Nez for Life has confused both of us. This comment. Yes, he did. Uh, Cheeky monkey. Eh? Great podcast. Loved the bit with the monkey. Very good. Yeah. So I thought, what bit with the monkey? I was going to listen to it all again. I think. I think you sent me a, a, a message saying. Did we mention monkeys on the podcast? I went, did we? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I usually, I do like monkeys. I usually mention monkeys and the games need more monkeys in them. <laughs> but yeah, he did confuse us. And I sort of yeah. sent him a text because I know Phil and said, what was the thing about the monkeys? He said, nothing. I was just seeing who was listening and watching. I was like, oh, you swine. So yes, <laughs> yes, very well. Yes, monkeys. We will have to do a game about monkeys soon, I think. Yes. Right. Let's do some shout outs. Not many this episode, actually, because I've not really been talking to many people, actually. I've not really done a lot, to be honest with you. But the biggest one for me was Brian. I don't even think if, I don't know if even Brian listens, but he's the arcade op I got in contact with, a little bit of a friend of mine now. Really, really nice guy. Helped him uh, sort out his lock-up a little while ago and took some bits and bobs he didn't want anymore, some arcade-related bits. And he was the one who gave me my Dig Dug monitor. So thank you very much for that. It's absolutely brilliant. Really nice picture. Excellent geometry on it. It's perfect. Also, the Intellivisionaries, uh, and including George, our mate Vip, Ben, for yeah. our, in brackets, advertisement on the show, which is really good. To my shame, I've never listened to an Intellivisionaries. I will do. Yes. Mm. And i tell you what I might do. When I come up in April to see you, and we go to Arcade Club and etc., I'll bring my Intellivision with me. Oh, right. Because we can put that at the Batcave, can't we? Yes. And we'll yeah. have a play of that. you see how good it is. Better than 2600. Easy. Yes. It came out a bit later on, didn't it? There's a little a bit, yeah, of... but it's, it's way better. Way better. Mm. Honestly. But still not as good, if you, if you like, as the NES. So it's in mm. between, but it's a very good little slot of arcade gaming. Not quite, sometimes as good as a ColecoVision, not quite, but comparable, I think. Mm. Right, I'm going to give a shout out to three uh, websites, actually. Okay. Uh, first one, Hardcore Gaming 101, which I've mentioned, they've got a book out. Yeah, they they do great reviews, loads of retrospectives on game series, and um, I get loads of information off there. You know, lots of Toa Plan stuff, and they love their shooters. And if you put you know anything in, they've done like a, a series on it. Oh, right. You cool. know, like Rydens or anything, or 
Brilliant. Uh, Arcade Heroes, your one-stop shop for contemporary arcade news around the globe. They're so up-to-date with stuff. Um, They're brilliant. Uh And also Silver Coin Arcade on Facebook. They're over in America somewhere, and they just put the best pictures up of all these rare cabs. Oh, nice. I don't know if the guy is a previous uh, arcade owner. Okay. Or a current one. But the, the cabs he puts pictures of, and all these arcade archive pictures of, like, rows of Zaxons and stuff that he's, he's unearthed from somewhere. So that's Ooh. worth checking out. Okay, I'll have a look at that. And also, two quick shout-outs. Russ J, who I hadn't seen for ages. I met him last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he came to the club. And I am Jimmy. I met him for the first time. Yeah. He, he, he gave us some good feedback. He's really enjoying the podcast. And also, Anthony Graham. Um, oh, yeah, Anthony, yeah, we know Anthony. He's our filming guy. He was thrashing me on Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 4 because I can't play them. And he was laughing all the way through it like it was dead easy. You can't play Street Fighter? Uh, I cannot, no. Next week's game is going to be Street Fighter. <laughs> I just pick one of the six buttons and press it quite fast. Yeah, button mash. Mash the buttons. It doesn't work. No, it and doesn't. also, Anthony's introduced me to John Tron, a, U- a very famous YouTuber, and I've never heard of him. And I've just watched a couple of his videos, and they're so funny. Oh, okay. So maybe... We should do a link to that little fella. I will. All I've got to say to you is, Hadouken! <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, I can't do them. Okay, next one. Let's get on to what console stroke computer games should have been in the arcades. Yes. Right, Roger again. Arcantor. Uh, right, he's got a few here. Okay. Because I mentioned Jetpack. From the Spectrum uh, and Vic 20 and all those kinds yeah, of Yeah, he's had a yeah. look at the other Ultimate games. Wheelie. I don't oh. know. No, that wasn't Ultimate, was it, Wheelie? No, it's Microsphere. Uh, Wheelie on the spec is another one that would work well, perhaps with a Paperboy-style controller. Yeah, it would. I remember Wheelie to be a little bit like Excite Bike, but it's real hazy, that game. I played that, God, in the early 80s. Okay, some other games you mentioned. Trans Am, that was a good little uh, little driving game. Yeah. Attic Attack, which would have been good because you got killed very quickly in that game. It worked in the arcade. Yeah. Uh, Psst, Cookie, and a lot of the others too. Yeah, they would mm. actually. The 2D ones, the 3D ones wouldn't work so well. We don't like 3D. But 2D <laughs> ones would work really well. I got one from K-Man in Sweden. Our man K-Man. Uh, Rip Dangerous and Apple Cider Spider, both on the Commodore 64. And I will put links on for uh, the YouTube videos of those. Ah. Oh, we've got loads here, bloke. Yeah, I've got four from Anthony. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Graham. Because he loves his Amiga. He does. He's well into it. He, he suggested Turrican, which I had. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a Metroidvania kind of thing. Yes. A very good game. Fantastic music. Um, also, Turrican 2 was really good. Okay. Uh, Speedball 2, which is the violent future sports game. There's a game on the Neo Geo very similar to that, but it's uh, it's much more colourful and friendly and fun. I ah. think it's uh, is it Spin Masters, when, you, when you've got to throw the, the frisbee at each other. It's a very similar game. Ah. And he also says Lemmings, you know, the, the Save the Little Green Guy game. No, no, kill all the green guys. I hate Lemmings. Oh. Never like that game. Kill them but all. He, kill them he all. said if you had it with a, with a trackball... Yeah, it might work. actually work, maybe on a time limit or something. I that think what you work. should do is the arcade machine is you haven't got to save them all. You've got to kill as many as possible. Kill lemons. Green yeah. little monsters. I bet the artwork could be good on that. You it could would, actually, all over the screen, falling and hanging off stuff. That'd be quite fun. Yeah, good fun with that. I also mentioned, right, 
He sent me a, a link, which I've yet to watch. I will watch it. Here is a vid to Dub Wars. It's a... Uh, what is it? It's either an iPhone or an Android game that he's become addicted to. Okay. Uh, you have a ship being controlled like a Robotron-type arcade uh, game. Yeah. One, one joystick for moving, the other for aiming. However, you only fire to the beat of music. Different beats give different weapons. I think I got this on Steam, you know. I don't think I played it very much. I may and have this already. He's, he's very addicted to it, and he says you're going to have to check it out. So I'll put a link. I haven't watched that yet, but I will do. Okay. He said it, it'll be an awesome arcade game, basically like a modern Robotron. Ooh. Thinking about it too, you could work with a regular stick, not just analog, although analog would make it more fun. Yeah. It, he's just reminding me of something. That if we can just re- everyone rewind and play this from earlier. <laughs> Some guys in America, really, really good players, um, have been playing live Robotron. You know the tie-dye ROMs you said about, the ones that have been fixed where you can go yeah. past 100 million or whatever? And they were yeah. trying to get to 100 million in 24 hours. <laughs> and when I, when I quickly watched them, it was playing live, one guy was on 82 million and one guy was on 84 million. I was like, oh my wow. God. And the thing is with that game is you pick up extra lives quite quickly. Everything's every 25,000, whatever the, the standard settings are. And the guys, they were dying quite a lot, but they were making up lives more. So yeah. it was a very, very, you know what Robotron's like, you die, well, we play, die in two seconds because we rubbish at it. But yeah, it was really good watching you guys. The, the scores, because I think these fixed ROM sets, the scores don't roll over, you can actually see how many millions they've got. And this, this is like telephone numbers. It's just loads of numbers. I sort of worked out backwards. <laughs> went, oh my God, that's 84 million he's got on there. I was playing, last night I was playing Giga Wing 2. And you got 84 million on it? On Naomi hardware, right? Yes, I have got it, yeah. And it's... The score I got was 8.7 trillion. Oh, my Lord. How many zeros is that? Nine? Twelve? It's, yeah. Three, six, nine. That's your millions, isn't it? Yeah, but you can't, yeah. you can't say to someone, oh, yeah, I've just got 869,763,843. You never remember it all. It's just, normally say I've got 300,000 or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy, yeah. You get like 20 million for picking up a bonus you know a lot of one the pinballs are like that you get like yeah. a, a 10 million point bonus for losing a ball or whatever anthony he's been going on about his um amiga days mm-hmm. and so it's got me thinking back uh, to my amiga days i think i had one for about five years something like that yeah good machines very good so a game that i really enjoyed and i think would be good in the arcade is called alien breed Okay, yeah. It's kind of a top-down, gauntlet, kind of alien syndrome game. With lots um, of Allens. Yeah, lots of aliens, lots of Allens, few Jeffs. <laughs> you run around the uh, screen, shooting everything. You've got health, lives, keys and ammos. Fight your way through a level, activate a self-destruct, and you've got 60 or 90 seconds to get out of the level before it blows up. Yeah. And, it, yeah, very claustrophobic, dark, dark atmosphere, but it would be like a sort of a moody gauntlet alien syndrome. But the side what? art, what about that? That, that would be is good. brilliant. I, mm. I don't know why they never didn't. Well, they never did it. But you imagine a gauntlet, but with uh, a space theme, as yeah. you said, with with aliens, and you know, you could have a big alien at the end of the level or whatever, and you could have all all the, the graphics would be sort of silvery tubes and spaceship type things. That'd be brilliant. Mm. Why didn't they ever do that? That would have been awesome in the arcade, like a gauntlet revamped for space. Oh, that's a missed opportunity, Atari. What are you doing? 
I, I um, remember playing it, and also I had a look at a YouTube video, and it was one of the first games, well, maybe the first game I remember seeing where you fire your bullets um, if you've got the machine gun, the SMG, but you don't see your bullets. Oh, right. Like in Doom, when you're firing your shotgun and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But this was before Doom. Yeah. And I thought, how cool is that? It's actually realistic. You just see the muzzle flare, you know, yeah. you don't see the bullets. Yeah, that's always got me in games. They've got to do it. You've got to be able to see what you're shooting, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go get some coffee or whiskey, whatever is your choice. I'm on Tizer. We'll you're on Tizer today. <laughs> yeah. We'll play a musical interlude, and this is one of your choices. Viewpoint by Sammy. <laughs> I'm just, not doing very well I just today. looked up and shook my head then. <laughs> I am not doing very well. Yeah, Viewpoint by Sammy, 92. It's an isometric Zaxxon-style shooter. It's a good little with, game, but very, very hard. It is. It's, I, I could really get into this one. This is another one on my long list. Oh, don't you start. And right. the music is very good. It's like ravey style. And it sounds just like this. Okay, that sounds pretty good. One, two, three, four, hit it. Yes, I like that one. Let's get on to Featured Game Review. Okay, it is the marvellous, the brilliant, the excellent, the awesome Dig Dug. Dig Dug. I think it's pronounced like in Japanese anyway. It's a game made by Namco. Don't get confused thinking it's made by Atari. It was only released by Atari. But it was actually made by Namco. Because Namco are brilliant. It's a fact. Yes. Don't even try and argue with it. Namco are brilliant. It was released in 1982. And it runs on Gallagher hardware, which I didn't know. Now I say that, and you look at the startup screen, it's got a very similar sort of uh, starting up boot sequence to, to Gallagher. Mm. It has three Zilog Z80 CPUs. Do you hear how I said that? Zilog in America. No. Zilog are an American. God, I said it wrong. Zilog were an American company, so it's a Z80. Uh, Michael Clinton told me that. <laughs> and it also it's got three Z80 CPUs and a Namco WSG sound chip. I love the sound. Uh, it's mm. a vertical game with a res of two two four by two eight eight, which is my favourite res, by the way. Mm. <laughs> it uses a four way joystick and one button. It's got one either side, and they're always leaf switch. Uh, sticks and leaf switch buttons uh, good for lefties and righties yep. and I play the opposite round to normal I hold the joystick with my right hand on my machine 
and I pump with the left hand, which is ah. totally different from what I normally play, which is weird. Mm. You positively have to play with a four-way stick. Don't try playing with an eight-way, and a leaf switch stick is preferred. If you go with a di- with one with diagonals, you will make mistakes. Did you mm. find that? Yes, but I, I have got my XRK switch to four-way. You can switch to a four-way, yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. Uh, it's also good to play with leaf switch buttons because you can pump fast with those. You can hit them quite quick, much quicker than the clicky micro switch ones. Do you know, I didn't know you could do that. I've just been holding the button to pump them up. Oh, you should have asked me, you silly man. I wanted, I, thought, I wanted you to do well at this game because I think from the feedback I've been having from you, you didn't quite get into it as well as I do. No. And when you learn certain things about it, it's just like Donkey Kong. When you learn how to play the game, it's much more enjoyable. You can get higher scores and get further into the game. Yeah, if you hold it down, he pumps quite slowly. But if you whack the button quickly, and he will pump a lot faster. And if you're closer to stuff as well, he pumps faster. I tried that. I didn't see any difference. Oh, no. You have to sort of do a... You have to have one more game after this podcast, see if you can get a better score than you did. Right. I bet you will. Uh, there are a few different ROM versions of this game, and two types of PCB. There's an Atari PCB, which are the ones I've got in my machines. My machine's uh, an Atari Euro. And there's a Namco two-layer version. But the Atari one has got, as far as I know, two different versions, Rev A and Rev B. And the only difference I know is on the first level, the way I do the first level, I do a pattern, I do it the same way every time. And one of the pukas goes a slightly different way, which we'll get onto later on there at their movements. Uh, But the rest of the game is exactly the same. It makes no difference which version you play. I can still be, I can just as good or bad at any version. There's no real differences to it. The Atari boards are massive. They're really big. They're the one layer version. It's going to be a lot bigger. Yeah. it's, it's got um, a, weird, a slightly weird hardware. It actually saves your high scores. It saves the top five high scores, which was quite unusual for 82. It's when they first started doing the saves then. Yeah. Um, and it's got a thing called EA-ROM, which takes a really weird volt. It's like minus 27 volts to run it, and mine's got the original stuff on it. But you can buy a retrofit piece of hardware which uses the normal uh, EPROMs. It uses an NVRAM, I think. And it uses the normal standard 5 and 12 volts. And you can get that to fit to it. But mine are in the original machine, so I don't need that. So it works absolutely fine. So what's, e- what's EA-ROM then? Erasable something read-only memory? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Something, something. It was an early type of NVRAM, I think. But it needed yeah. this really yeah. weird voltage to run. But since my boards are still working okay and they're original, I've just left them alone. But yeah. if you wanted to play an original board with an adapter on uh, a normal jammer cab, you can do that, no problem. But you need, if you want to save the scores, you need to have this little extra added bit to it. Otherwise, you just won't save the scores. Simple as that. There isn't a voltage there. You can't put it to it. It just won't work. But, mm. I mean, when you've got the game on, it will save them. But when you turn it off, it will lose them all. That's it. There is also no free play option on this PCB. Um, so that you can get a free play mod. You've got to change around four of the, of the EPROMs. You've got to burn four EPROMs which I, yeah. I need to do. I keep meaning to pull my board out and do it, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet. Hopefully I'll get some time to do that because I have to reach my arm inside the machine and press the free play button inside the machine, you know, the, the coin button, which is a bit yeah. of a pain. So I will do that soon. The one at Arcade Club, uh, or the one at the, um, the New, New Frontier, Frontier Arcade, sorry, has got the free play ROMs on there. James did it yes. himself, so that's good. The type of game, it's, uh, it's not a maze game really, is it? But you sort of make your own maze by digging. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a vertical game, as I said. You sort of, you're a little guy in the middle of the screen. You start in the middle of the screen, little white and blue guy. It looks a little bit like a reverse Smurf. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's called um, 
Taizo Hori. And um, when you move around, you dig your way through the screen. And it takes you, you, you dig at a reasonable speed. But when you're going through something that's already been dug, a cleared out area, you move a bit faster. And also the monsters move quicker through, through those as well, the tunnels. You're armed with a pump, which you can fire into the bellies of the bad guys and pump yes. them up. When you pump them four times, they get slightly bigger every time you pump them. They pop and they're dead and you get points for them. Yeah. And what you can do is when you pump them, you can stop pumping them and you can walk through them. And they will deflate back down to their normal size after a little bit of time. And it obviously speeds up as you get through the game later on. They, they, they deflate back down to normal and they can chase you again quite quickly. But mm. four times, then you'll explode them. But when they're, when they're inflated, they're harmless. You can run through them. So it's a good idea sometimes to hold them at a certain place for certain reasons I'll get onto later on. Uh, you can also drop rocks on the bad guys. You've got areas of rock in there. There's about four to every screen. And as yep. you go underneath them, the rocks will sort of topple a little bit for a few seconds, then they'll drop down. If they land on you, you will also die. But this is how you get loads of points in the game. If you drop mm. them on the bad guys, you get more points for them. And the multiple bad guys you get, the more points you get. I think it's anywhere up to 12,000 points if you can get seven of them in a row. And what you can do is when you, di you dig, you dig a tunnel underneath the rock and always go downwards first as well. So if you go across from the left or right, dig down and then back up underneath the, the rock. And when you get a load of them in that same tunnel, you drop it down and they try and get out of the way of it. They go down to get out of the way as a rock is falling on them. But if there's a, yeah. a little passage underneath them, They'll go down rather than left or right to escape it. And when they go down, they'll get squished. Ha, they're stupid. They, <laughs> I struggled. Got... I struggled trying to get more than... I think I got three. I think that's yeah. the most I got in one, in one rock drop. There is patterns to this game. Mm. There really is. Uh, I don't generally use them. I use them a little bit on the later levels. But up to level 12, I don't generally use that. It's only after 12. And then I think after another eight or so levels, it changes again. I think it then stays at the fastest speed, which is pretty fast, and the monsters really clump together and they go for you straight away. On the yeah. early levels, they just sort of wander around the screen and they don't really go for you. The bad guys, there's some red dudes, which look like sort of tomatoes with uh, yellow goggles on. They're called pukas. And there's figars, which are the <laughs> green dragon-type things. Mm. The pukas just sort of wander around. They don't really go for you that well. Later on, as they speed up, they do a little bit, but they don't really go for you. And all they do is they just bump into you and you die. That's it. But the Fygars, the, the fire-breathing dragons, they're a little bit faster and they go for you a bit more, but they can breathe fire horizontally. And it, it goes further than your pump, a little bit further than your pump. So if you're facing one from the left or the right, and he stops and he starts shaking, he's going to flame you. You get out of the way of that thing quickly, you'll get hit. Yeah, And also, if there's a thin area of, of wall between you and him, he can breathe fire through that wall as well, which sometimes you don't realise and you'll get got. I think I you, did you moaned that about that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> but on the same way, you think they're cheating, you can hit, you can pump your pump through a small thin area of rock as well, a thin area of um, dirt as well to get them. So they can't actually physically get to you, but you can pump them through the, the earth, which is an easy mm. way of getting them from up or down, left or right. Yeah, so watch out for the fire penetrating through the levels of dirt. When the monsters get bored, or the level's taking too long, they'll turn into ghostly eyes, and these eyes can actually travel through the dirt without making a tunnel like you do, so they can actually follow you through the, t through the earth. Cheating, you mean? Well, basically, if you were standing on one side of the screen and they were just in a little tunnel moving left and right, the game would go on forever, 
So they have to come for you eventually. They get bored or, or the level get too long. <laughs> then they stupid come for you. Stupid monsters. They are stupid <laughs> monsters. But also, when they, they come through, say you're in a tunnel waiting for one to come across as the eyes, they'll sort of jump a little bit into your tunnel. They won't go, you know, smoothly or they'll jump in and sometimes they'll get you quickly. But also, you think they're cheating again, which they sort of are. You can cheat by pumping them before they turn back into a monster. While they're still eyes, you can get them right on the edge of a right. tunnel. So it's right. good to get them, get in quick with your pump before they hit you. There's also, um, fruit bonuses in this game, like a lot of Namco games. They love their fruits. When you drop the second rock out of, say, four on the screen, a fruit bonus will appear in the center of the screen. It lasts there for about 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah. What I say is always get the fruit bonus. The first so many levels aren't worth that much. I think it starts at 200 points. And then it eventually goes up to 8,000 points per fruit. When you get to the pineapple, which is the last fruit, and it then stays on the pineapple for the rest of the game, yeah. 8,000 points every time. So when you drop that second rock, be mindful. You've got to get into the center of the screen to get that fruit. So always drop a rock near the center of the screen if you can. Uh, and yeah, always do it when you're safe. Yeah, so when the two rocks gone, you can go and get that. There's also a Galaxian flagship just before the pineapple. Did you see that? No. Oh, dear. <laughs> I can guess your score. <laughs> There's a little a little sort of um, uh, callback to Galaxian. There's a little Galaxian flagship. You know the yellow one that comes down for you? Yeah. And they use that. I think you get 7,000 points for that. There's a few of them, and then it goes on to the pineapple. Uh, flowers at the top of the screen indicate, on the top right-hand side of the screen, indicate how many levels you've done. Almost exactly the same as the Gallagher flags in the bottom right-hand corner, and also I think Galaxian does that. Yes, Galaxian does, yeah. yeah. So when you've done ten little flowers, you get one great big flower. Mm. And when you've done like one flower and ten little flowers, you get two big flowers and so on and so forth. But I think it stops after about level 60, which I yeah. haven't got to, by the way. I haven't got that yeah. far. <laughs> uh, I think the best I've ever got is level 35. Yeah? Yeah. That's uh, about 30 more than me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's also a bootleg of this game called Zigzag, and it's a total clone. It uses exactly the same hardware. You would never notice any difference. I think it removes the Atari or the Namco uh, logo at the start of the game. When it, there's a little sort of cutscene at the game where Dig Dug will fly underneath um, the bottom of the, the big words saying Dig Dug at the top, and he'll dig a hole out, and it'll fall down, a little sort of cutscene, yeah. and it tells you how many points you can get for everything. It's quite cool like that. As I said before, there are also patterns you can do to this game. And on the later levels, when it gets fast, you have to do patterns, otherwise you can't do the game, because they, they really clump together and they come for you in multiples. And what you can do is when you pump a, a, a bad guy, and there's another one coming behind you, you can stop pumping him, turn around and pump the next guy. And yeah. you can sort of do that alternately to get rid of them quickly. If you do it really quickly, you can get rid of a load of them that are all coming at you at the same time. But when they come for you in clumps of two or three together, it's very difficult to get out of it. The best thing to do is get to a rock quickly, or just pump them once to slow them down, then get under a rock and then squash the buggers. Mm. That's the best way of doing it because you get multiples up to, I think, 12,000 points, I said. And that's that's the best way of getting points. On the later levels, when they all clump together, they go for you straight away. They, they turn into ghosts almost straight away and go for you. So they don't wander around. They just go for you, and you've got to get yeah. under a rock quick to squash them. But when they, they get to the later levels and they're all clumped together... That's when you're going to get big scores. When you get them with a rock, you get multiples. And yeah. They're stupid enough to stick together as well because they're all trying to get you at the same time. The AI is not clever enough to get you, get you from both angles. They just go together and try and get you. Yeah. There is a well-known kill screen for this game as well. On level 256, did you get that far? Um, 
256, let me think. No. no. On level 256, I've never got there either. Uh, the game sort of goes a bit mad. I think it's the bit stack overflow or something technical. Like Pac-Man, mm. almost exactly the same. I think the hardware is similar. Yeah. And what happens is a puka starts exactly on top of your man. So mm. you die straight away. And if you, however many lives you got left, you will die, die, die until the game ends. And that's it. By that point, you should have about 4 million points, apparently. Yeah. I think the record is over 5 million. The world record is over 5 million. I think it's Donald Hayes, who's a brilliant games player. He's got, actually, he's second now. Some guy called Ken House has oh, got really? 5.2 5. million in 2013. Yeah. Wow. Ken House, is, I know that name. He was one of the guys playing Robotron I mentioned earlier on Twitch ah. feed. I think he's a really good games player, a lot of games. But was I, he in that um, medical series? In America, about the Doctor who... No, I don't think that's Ken House. Ken House, no? That's Hugh Laurie. Is it? Yes. Oh, that would have been great. Some guy sort of getting a world record and then and then fixing your arm if you broke it. According to the Wicked, <laughs> yeah. the Atari version doesn't have the uh, the 256 kill screen, but I think it does. I think both versions are the same program, so it does. Wiki doesn't know anything. <laughs> also, there's a little bit of a bug in it. Right, if a yeah. monster is pumped to death, exactly when you drop a rock on him it is possible apparently I've never done it uh, all the monsters on the screen will disappear and the level won't end because the level ends when you killed all the monsters but the game will continue on if you drop another rock it sort of it clicks it back into position and it knows what's going on when you kill all the monsters that's the level ended and you've gone to the next level but when you've got one monster left he will try and escape to the left hand top of the screen and get out of the screen and disappear for the next level yeah this happens every single level. It will happen without fail. If you're right next to a monster and he's just about to get you and you killed the last one, he will turn tail straight away and get out away from you. He won't go for you anymore. So what I tended to do as a little tactic is drop your second rock and leave one guy left. Or, cause if you kill both, if you kill the, the last one, you won't be able to get to the center of the screen. And get your fruit bonus, which is worth a lot of points. The game will, yeah. the game will just go on to the next level. If you leave one guy, he will leave you alone and you can go and get the fruit at your leisure. And if you're mm. quick, you can go and get him as well. I usually chase him down, but it's not, it's not necessary because you only get a few hundred points for a normal, you know, pumping a monster. You get like 200 to a thousand yeah. for the monsters. Also, when you kill the monsters, wherever you kill them on the, the screen gives you different points. The lower you go, the deeper you go, you get more points for them. Mm, yeah, that's what I was trying. And if you kill a Phygar from the left or the right, it's more dangerous because they can breathe fire. You get more points for that. If you kill them from bottom or top, you don't get as many points because they, mm. they can't shoot their fire up and down, only left and right. So yeah, the deeper you go, the more points you get. How deep is your love? Is your love? Mm. I love this game. I've, I've pronounced my love for it so many times. You didn't get on with it that well. Tell me why. When you picked it, I always knew I was going to struggle because it's never been one that I've been drawn to ever. Really? And I, I have tried playing it. So this time, last couple of weeks, I thought I'd give it a really good go. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a classic. The gameplay's good. The graphics are good. I like the way the music sounds when the guy runs and stops when he doesn't. Yeah, it's there's like a banjo sort of noise, isn't it? Yeah. And when you move your, your character, the music will actually stop for a second, and you get a few sound effects, especially when the, the bad guys turn into the ghosts, they make this funny noise, and you get the the eyes following you around. 
Yeah. But yeah, the, the sounds are really good in this game. They always sort of remind me of the arcade. You can always hear that above all other sounds. But saying that, I just, I just don't like it. I just never, it never clicked. I, I, I'm trying to think why I don't like it because it's get the mechanic. Yeah, I know it's got so much hidden depth to it. Yeah, yeah, you need um, to know the, you need to the tactics and, and the strategies. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I found them all out. I, you know, read everything I could on it, and mm-hmm. but right, I'll try this. I'll go, I'll go deep down. I'll hoard them all and drop rocks on. But I just didn't enjoy doing that. I just rather pump them up and run off for like minimum points. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting those patterns. I think mm, it's fiddly. I think it's too fiddly for for my. What I like that that's the only thing I can I can put my finger on. I, I just no, it just did not click, and it yeah. never has done. Never really has done this game. That's a shame. Mm. When I come up and see you next, I'll I'll give you a little guide. I'll give you a sort of walkthrough how to do certain things on it. Because mm. there's there's little things that you can do. I don't know if if you don't like a game, you don't like a game really. But there's little tactics where you can hold them still. Yeah. You know, you can wait. For, you see, you have got one guy and, and very close to a rock. And you can actually stand under the rock and stay there. As soon as you move, that's when it will fall. But you can stand under it quite safely. So what you can do is, is leave a little bit of dirt between you and the rock underneath, and it won't fall. And you can pump a few of the guys and wait for his mates to come underneath him and pump them and then just get out of the way of it. And then they, they will actually crush. And you can also steer the ghostly eyes. You know that when they're going through the dirt, they will follow your every move. So if you've got a, a rock just about to fall down, you can steer them into it. Let the rock fall a little bit, and then go back under. You know where the rock was is in the same level you're in, same column, and the ghostly eyes will go underneath the rock as well because they're stupid. And I yes. like the fact that they're stupid because you can really get some decent satisfaction about killing stupid monsters. <laughs> See, that's what I was doing. I was going under a rock, um, waiting for the guys to come, mm-hmm. and then the ghost had come through the side of the wall. And I thought, oh, I've got to move now. So I'd move. I'd be too far underneath the rock. The rock would drop and hit nobody. And then the ghost would get me. It'd turn into one of them uh, cretinous dragons. Yes. And burn my butt. Yeah. Burn my the butt. burning is, is a real pain because you do learn to stay out of the way of them on horizontal levels. Mm. And if you want to get rid of one that's in your way, get it from above or below. But usually when you're doing that, there's someone behind you as well. So you, you have to move really quickly on the fire button. And you've got to move... And if you t- turn around, it will stop pumping. So you've got to turn around quickly and then pump the other way. And you can actually hold a load of them for a while, especially on the early levels when they're not so quick. But on the later levels, they, they deflate a lot quicker and they will go yeah. for you. So they're quite, they're quite mercenary later on. Yeah, I've watched a few, uh, well, a couple of YouTube videos of, of good players. And yeah, they make it look easy. But it's something I just... I just couldn't get into it. It's one of them. Mm. It, was a, it was a switch it off for me before I started swearing too much. So, basically, did your game sound just like this? <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. like the uh, side art. And yes. the actual, the, the whole look of the game is really good. The colour scheme, everything, I think, is excellent. Yeah, let's get on to the cabs. The cabs are pretty good, and there's quite a few different ones, actually. The one they got in America, we didn't, we didn't really get over here, is a full, almost the same shape as uh, an asteroids, I'd say. Mm. Um, and it's exactly the same shape as a kangaroo. They're the same shape machines. But the artwork on the side, it's a white-sided thing with full artwork, with 
Puka's being squashed by uh, rocks and there's your little blue and white guy on the side pumping. It's really nice. And there's some fire guys on there. And they've got like flowers around the bezel of the, the, the game. And up the top, there's a really nice marquee. It's a really, really nice cab. That was the full upright. Uh, there was also a cabaret version, which is the same shaped cab as a centipede, just with wood sides. Yeah. And you could get a really rare artwork for the side of it as well. But it came as an optional extra, just like Centipede and a lot of the other cabaret games. You can get an Asteroids one. I think there's a Tempest one as well. But apparently back in the day, you had to write off to Atari and pay for this side art. It was an optional extra you could put in your arcade. Oh, right. And this had one as well. But the cabaret of Diglett is very, very rare. The, people, the guy we know, Luke Wells, has got one. Yeah. And I think you should give it to me because I'm better at playing it than he is. <laughs> I think you should do a swap a with me and you can have my Euro. Uh, yeah, the thing that really bothers me, being an engineer, I'm a bit anal about, is the joystick on the cabaret is slightly to the right. It's not in the centre. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the upright and the, and the Euro version, which I've got, is in the centre with a button either side for lefty and righties. Um, yeah. My one, which is the Euro version, which is made in Ireland, which we've got a lot of cabs with the you know, same thing. I think our kangaroo is the same. And there was a very... I think there was a kit for Crystal Castles, which I, I converted into a kangaroo I had a while back. That was the same cab. I think Fast Freddy was the same cab, but had full side up rather than the wood sided. Yeah. That's the one I've got, which I love. And there was also a cocktail. The cocktail's really nice. It's got nice um, tabletop artwork on it. And I think they're quite hard to find. I've never seen one in the flesh. Mm. So yeah, there's four different types of machine. But also, I've put on the show notes for the flyers... Different countries got different versions as well. The, the German version was like a sort of generic-looking, weird-looking cab. And I think the Italians had a version as well, a licensed version. There's all sorts of different versions. And I think the cutest one is the Japanese version. It was yeah. in a little tiny... Uh, it looks almost like a love child of a, a cocktail cab and a candy cab. It's a little candy cab with these funny little legs on it. If you look on the yeah. fly, you can see it in the corner. They haven't shown you a colour picture, it's just an illustration of it. It's a really nice little cab. I'd love to have one of those, but God knows where you find one nowadays. Did um, Namco ever produce their own cabs, or was it all Atari? That I did... think the Namco one is the Japanese candy cab. Yeah, but it might right. have been a generic candy machine they put it in. But I've never seen right. one. I think Atari did all their machines for, for that particular right. game. Yeah. Okay, then. Shall we get on to the, the sore point of the scores? Yes, let's do the scores. Go on, right. tell me what score you got. Well, I didn't get anywhere near as much as uh, Hugh Laurie did in 2013, <laughs> Ken House. He, do you know when he was doing that world record, he was also fixing an appendix at the same time? Did you yep, know that? He was pretty good like that. Fixing appendixes. Yep, with his gloves on. Yep. I got... Um, it broke up there, Vic. Do you not hear that? Tell me how many points you got, you fool. All I managed was 38,850. Well, before swearing too much, switching it off for good about four or five days ago. I haven't played it oh, since then. Man. Right, we have a guest to give you an in your face. Sean Holly in your face. Did you like that? <laughs> I did, that's very cute, yeah. That was Alex's little girl. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I got my, my very, very best score on my machine. I only found out the other day when I put the monitor back into it. And you know I said it's 350,000 odd? Yeah. It's actually 373,000 odd. Oh, that's not Uh, So that's my very best score ever. But since I've been playing it for the last two, well, the last week or so when I got the monitor in, the best I could get was the lowest on the scoreboard for me. Yeah. And it's 297,000 odd. God, that's 10 times my score almost. 
E. Wow. <laughs> yes. But it's not fair on you. I've been playing it for a long, long time. I know certain patterns. I've been schooled a little bit by a guy in Germany called Kig666. He sent me a video uh, a few years ago, how to get a million points on it. And yeah. I don't use his strict patterns. I don't do that because I don't really do patterns that well. And I sort of realized how he did things and I made up my own patterns and I used them. But as I said, they only last for so many levels and it changes. And what I need to do is go to the next level, work out the patterns for them. Then it stays the same. You can just keep rolling the machine and I can get up to, if I can get, if I get half a million points, I'd be really happy and a million would be brilliant. But that's a bit more practice for me, I think, doing that. And now I've got mm-hmm. the machine tickety-boo all up and running and nice. I think I'll try that. Now, as I said before, I love this game. I've got T-shirts of Dig Dug. I've got a mug with Dig Dug on it. I love <laughs> anything to do with Dig Dug. I've got um, a, a furry plush um, puka on top of one of my machines in the garage. I really love it. I love anything to do with it. Um, there was a few other games. I think it was ported to a lot of different machines. I mean, God, it was on, it's on the NES... Uh, it was on, I think, loads of compilation games. It yeah. was on all sorts. Computers, there was loads of bootlegs of it. Everyone always sort of sponge it in the same thing as Mr. Do. And I prefer Dig Dug. I'm not as good at Mr. Do. But mm. I can see the similarities. It's quite a similar game to Mr. Do. I'm not sure which came first. It was a very similar time when they came out, I think. Yeah. What did you think of Mr... No, not Mr. Do. Dig Dug 2. What did you think of that? Dig Dug 2 is horrible. It's a travesty. Yeah. It, it ruins the memory of Dig Dug. Yeah. Did you also know that Dig Dug is uh, Mr. Driller's dad? <laughs> Honestly. Really? Yeah. The, the later game, Mr. Driller, which I have all of the games in the series because I love it. Yeah. It's it's a digging game again, but you dig blocks and you're not, you're not against um, bad guys. There's nothing can kill you in Mr. Driller apart from the blocks squashing you. Yeah. He is supposed to be Mr. Uh, Dig Dug's dad. He's wow. Tori Tyson's uh, dad. Taizo Hori. I can never get the name right. That's the Japanese name of the guy who plays Dig Dug. Yeah. Hey, that's good. Yeah, so it's sort of uh, later on. There's a really, there's loads of different things. I think you can play Dig Dug on Mr. Driller Drill Spirits on the DS. You can actually play as Dig Dug. There's different characters you can play. You can play as Dig Dug, his dad. I didn't know Nam. Did Namco do Mr. Driller they then? They certainly did. That's oh, why they got the right. license for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, there's all sorts of games came out uh, from Dig Dug. Loads of versions of it. It's, I love the game. There's also, um, on Namco Classics 2 PCB, it was in the arcade, they did one and two, where they bunched yep. a, a few of their games together. I think the one I've got, I think is number two. It's got Dig Dug, Rally X, New Rally X, and Pac-Man on it. Yeah. What they did is they put the original games in there. You put your 10p or your whatever quarters in, and you can choose which game you want to play. But they've also got the original versions and an arrangement in the inverted brackets version. And the arrangement yeah. has got all new graphics, new sounds. And on Dig Dug, you can play two-player at the same time. Oh. And it takes on quite a few different levels. It's not just, you know, you dig through the levels, you kill all the monsters, you get the fruit, next level, next level, next level. There's actually um, boss fights in it. Well, you have to have a, a yeah. really big boss, and you've got to pump him, and you can play together to work together. I've actually got that PCB, and it's actually quite good. I had it in my ooh, Pac-Mania machine years ago before I had a Dig Dug. I mean, it played really nicely in that machine, because you could play Pac-Man on it, and the, the Pac-Man arrangement's really good. You can play two players on that as well. Yeah. That's wow. a lot of fun. And they've actually, like we say, what could you do to improve the game? They yeah. did. They arranged different things on it. And in Pac-Man, you can get speed-ups, and you can also get these little arrows where you you run over the arrow, and it'll fire you really quickly, and you can like knock ghosts over. You don't kill them, you just knock them over. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite some fun games on the arrangement. But I'll have to, when I come up and see you guys, I might bring that with me. And unless Andy's got it, Andy and James have got it already. I don't know. Mm. But that's a good little game to play. The arrangement versions are quite fun. They're sort of updated graphics and all this sort of stuff. And on the first one, Classics 1, I think there's Mappy, Gallagher, and Xevious, I think, and the arrangement versions of those games as well, which I've never actually played the arrangement. I think it's on MAME. You can play it quite nicely on MAME. Just have to have a look later yeah. on. Yeah, it's really good. When were they released then? So there must oh, have been God, like... in the 90s, I think. It was like yeah. a sort of, you know, what they do, they, they go back and do an um, anniversary edition or whatever. But yeah, these are really good. I think Nintendo did something similar, didn't they? They put Donkey Kong in a cab with a few of the games, did they? Yes, I've played that in America. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, Namco made that machine. Did they? Yeah, I think it was after, it was so, it was like done in the 2000s. I think Nintendo had stopped making arcade machines. I think even the modern ones now, you know, the F-Zero and the Mario Kart, are actually made by Namco. Because Namco yeah. is still a big force in the arcade. And yeah. they, they just licensed it to them and they did that. So yeah, that, that cab, I've actually played that in America. It's in a sort of classic Nintendo cab, but there's like a 25 inch screen in it. The screen takes up the whole area of the machine. There's no bezel around it. It's a big screen. And I think you can play two players together. You can play, uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and Mario Brothers in the same machine. That's it. Something like that. Yeah. yeah it'd be a nice machine to have actually, because it's more of a mm. modern thing. And the artwork is sort of split down the middle. You see sort of one side's got Donkey Kong and then the other side's got Jr. and in the middle it's got uh, Mario Brothers. It's quite a nice machine to have, but I think it's, uh, it's more modern hardware. You know, it's like an emulation, I think, more than a proper PCB in it. Ah, right. But yeah, they're nice, fun, fun machines to play. Never seen one in the UK though. Okay. So that's that game done. Let's do the art of side art. Quantum, which you've picked. Yes. Do you like Quantum? I've just been playing a little bit of it a few hours ago. You got to play um, on a trackball, then, mate. Uh, actually, I've been playing with the mouse. Oh, okay, that works. I, I would imagine it's easy with a mouse than with a trackball. So the trackball's upside down, mouse, really, isn't it? Mm, I, I was sailing through the first few levels, but it's okay. It's a vector game where you've got to circle around little balls and little triangles and stars, and that is it. That's yeah. what you do. The game's quite simple. Never mind the game. It's the art of side art. It but is. The game it's not is the game very, very rare. Very rare. This is like grail cabs for people. I mean, they're even rare in America, and they're worth thousands. You get a good one. Really? And the picture I'm looking at here on my little iPad is the actual cab is lovely. It's the same shape as a temper. Sorry, it's the same shape as a Black Widow machine. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of them were converted. I think I don't think Quantum did that well. There wasn't many, many made. Um, but it's a lovely looking machine. Really nice thing. It's got full side art, as good old Atari used to do. It's a white-sided thing, but it's got colour splashed all over it. There's pinks and whites and yellows and blues. And it's got sort of like swirls, basically, around shapes. Like you said, the game plays. That's what they got on the side of the machine. It's sort of little star yeah. bursts everywhere. And on the front of the machine, there's full front art around the uh, the coin areas. And it's got shapes on a blue blue and black grid. And then your actual control panel with it, just a single trackball in the middle. I don't think there's any buttons on the game. It's a no. single trackball. It's got like a swirl around that and you've got like a sort of, um, a grid round, which reminds me of the Massatronic logo. You know, the old, uh, 8-bit software. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it somewhere. I was trying that's, to think. That's what it looks like. The first thing I thought, I thought, oh, that's like Tron and I thought, and it's not, it's not Tron. It's something else, but that's what, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the, uh, the, uh, marquee as well has got a really cool 
As you know, I like fonts. Just leave it alone. <laughs> a really nice font of quantum and a load of sort of swirls around it. This cabinet is beautiful. I mean, I bet on a colour vector, it looks amazing as well. I think the mm. game is actually quite good. I've not really played so much of it, but playing on a proper vector, I think that'd be lovely. Yeah. I wonder if Arl's got one. He's a big Atari collector. I want to go and see him in, a, in next month or a few months' time. I'll have to go and have a look, see if he's got a quantum. It'd be nice. Bet he has. Do you know how to, uh, just going back to the game, do you know how to put your high score in? No. You, a- you actually write it. You can write your name. Oh, with, with a trackball? With... Yeah. How cool That's, is that? It's very difficult. And also you circle, using the trackball, you circle your initials as well. Because okay. on I would imagine that no one's going to be able to read what you try and write with a trackball. Yeah. So well, you that's can really also, clever. Yeah. Yes, it's... Um, I love Atari games. They're brilliant. They're very good, yes. So next month, you can do a non-Atari one. Next sorry, two weeks, you can do a non-Atari one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about doing your releases from this month in history, February? It's a Taito triple hitter this time. Oh, good. All three games are Taito, not, you know, not on purpose. It's just happened. Mm-hmm. Right, from 20 years ago. Do you know that 20 years ago is now 1995? Yeah, there's some sort of Back to the Future reference I'm thinking of there. Yeah, crazy talk. Great Scott! Elevator Action Returns, or Elevator Action 2, depending on which territory you're in. Yeah. It's very late in the day for this type of game. It was like a, almost like a single-screen game. You've got a bit of scrolling. It's very uh, similar to Elevator Action, but it's just got upgraded graphics and sound i'd say like an arrangement version of elevator action yeah but for 95 for 95 when the the arcades were full of like brawlers and one-on-one fighters and them huge racing games yeah yeah it was quite quite brave i think for taito to do that i i really like elevator action and number Mm. two number two but the way the guy moves reminds me of impossible mission on the commodore 64 (laughs) yeah yeah it's got a skinny guy and he sort of does rolls and jumps but i really like the game really like it hmm Tell me about 1985. 30 years. Xed X's or Savage Bees. Xed X's, I call it. Is it? Oh, it could be right. Uh, yeah. It's a good game, isn't it? It's a good little simple shooter. Uh, I haven't really played it a lot. You like uh, it. You like it. I think I would do, yeah. It's got a limited range on the bullets, which always annoys me. But, right. but I could possibly get into it. It's not quite as good as Volgus, mm. which is another Capcom early game. There's no pumping up Figars, which is always a bonus in my book. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Or Pukas. Uh, 40 years ago now. Oh, Lord. February 1975, Wheels by Midway, which is the US version of Taito again, Taito Speed Race. Yep. There was another one. There was Wheels by Midway, and they licensed it to somebody else, and I've forgotten. I'll have to look that up. I think I had a Speed Race, CL5, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think mine was 76. Broke them out a little bit later. Uh, it's a really nice game, and it reminds me of Mon- uh, Monaco GP, the original Monaco GP. Maybe that's the other one you're thinking of. Um, it came no. in all sorts of cabinets as well. You had sit-down yeah. ones, uh, half-sit-down ones, uprights, and it's basically the same game. You just put different letters on the end of it. Yeah, and they made, I think, Speed Race Deluxe was colour, and they did all sorts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think Monaco GP is like a natural progression from that. That was such a big hit, that game, you know, Monaco it's, GP. It's a great, it's a really nice cabinet as well. The little mini one's lovely. Lasted in the arcade for years and years, if you look at it. Mm. It was it was like a constant earner for like almost nine or ten years after it was released. Yeah, and then Super Monaco GP was a hit as well. Mm. That's a great game. Is that a 3D one? No. I don't think it is, no. Right. 
Okay, let's wrap this up, mate. Uh, next show's game is one of yours. And tell the listeners what you were threatening to play. Well, I was thinking we've got to podcast 30 and there's not, there hasn't been a racing game, has there? There's a reason for that. And it's a massive subject, so I thought I we'll like do. Them. It's winter, we need a nice sunny game, let's do a racing game, let's do Outrun. But I poo-pooed that, didn't I? Yeah, well, I put it on. I put it on my. Well, I'll uh... tell you what we will do. Uh, I don't like Outrun, but I don't mind doing it. What we'll do is when we get a decent setup with a spinner, because I haven't got a spinner setup, I've got bits to make one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to make a little box up with a, you know, one button, uh, maybe a few buttons and a spinner, because I've got all the hardware to do it. I've got the spin, the OptiPack made by Ultimark to, uh, interface it to a PC, so you can play it on main, and, you know, buttons and stuff. I think you really need analogue to play Outrun properly or play it on a yeah. proper cabinet. We could even do a live version, maybe. Mm, I did one, try it. Arcades, because I know, I know the, uh, the arcade club stroke, um, New Frontier have got an Outrun. They've got a deluxe, even. Let's do it when we go up there, shall we? Yeah. We'll do that. Because I know you want to play. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, but I, I, I don't like the game, but I appreciate it. Because mm. it was a classic. It was like fir- one of the first games to use that 3D scaling stuff. And the cabinet's brilliant. I mean, the sit-down version is absolutely brilliant. I can't get me fat bum in it anymore, <laughs> but I'll try. And we'll have a game there. We'll have a sort of a bit of a head-off. I bet you're really good at it. Not really, no. I'm terrible but, at it. Yeah, I can't even get to the first, you know, this, the first bit where you, you get a, a, a time bonus and you get to complete the next leg. I yeah. Think, I think I could just do it, like, every now and again. But people can actually complete the whole game sometimes. Yeah. I don't know how the heck they do that. Just good at it, I suppose. It's like me, with, like you with that uh, outrun. It's like me with Dig Dug. Yeah, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it for it is a classic, but yeah, I, yeah not for me. Absolutely. So, and then you said, what was the second game you was going to do? Gonna the game on me. Yeah, a uh, Top Hunter. I think we should do that. It's a, a Neo Geo MVS game. I think it's a run and gun. It's a good little game. Yeah, isn't it? it looks really good. Okay. And then I changed my mind again. Again. <laughs> Last night, Wonder Boy from okay. Sega. Mid eighties Sega game. Ah, yeah, a friend of mine, Leon. That's his favourite game, and he's really good at it. Oh, there's some really good players at the arcade club. Seven hundred thousand yeah. job. I think some of the guys uh, who go on the forums and go to the arcade club and as such can actually complete the game all mm. the way through. I know I can't, and I'm not very good at it, but I do like it. It's a lovely looking game. Yeah, lots of secrets, which yes. I am finding out. Yeah. Oh yeah, already. Yeah, well. Yeah. Should have been playing Dig Dug. Been trying to cheat on Wonder Boy. <laughs> okay everyone that's about it wonder boy is our next game play along with us have a look on the show notes loads of clickable links on there to go down all sorts of rabbit holes we'll see you later thank you see you goodbye and here are some outtakes from these jackasses and right this amiga thing that uh anthony's been talking about it's got me thinking back to my amiga gaze gay gaze your amiga gaze amiga <laughs> We'll put that, that at the end of the podcast in the, in the outtake. Do it all again, nude, you fool. Is that nude picture? Go Amiga on. days. Let's get on to Game of the Week. No. What's it called now? Featured Game. I've ruined Featured it myself. Game Review. Not Featured, the week in Featured brackets. Game Review. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. 
We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 